I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones, and this is Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. We're just out of the Easter period and some reflections. It's a tough week for the faithful. The burning of Notre Dame striking hard in that major center of Christian faith for 800-something years. Then the bombs exploding in Christian churches and popular hotels in Sri Lanka on Easter Sunday, apparently in retaliation for those terrible attacks on mosques in New Zealand back in March. Does this hit you at all? Maybe it all seems so far away, right? After all, there are bills to pay and potholes to fix and renovations to do right here in our own daily worlds. Like, who's got time for another act of terrorism or environmental disaster or burning building? Difficult to put the pieces together. The media smotherage brings us constant updates of facts and figures, additional images and numbers that expand exponentially and overwhelm our capacity to filter and understand. Seems we're poor human ruins tottering over the grave, as Blake described it. Testing times. Dark spirituality and victimization today on Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. We've been renewing our efforts to produce programs more regularly, like we did in the past when Thinking with Somebody Else's Head began. I, uh, I tried to, like for a show a week back then. 2006. Man, it doesn't seem possible I've been producing programs for that long. More evidence that time really does fly, and there's a lot to do. This is something like uh, Program 183, if I haven't got my numbers mixed up. Although it's possible I did, as I often do, which is why I pay an accountant to do my income tax. <laughs> don't, want, don't want to trust that to my own calculations. But since Dr. Norberto Kepi's publishing of two monumental books, Psychotherapy and Exorcism and Sociotherapy and Exorcism, Dr. Claudia Bernhard Prescheko and I have felt the urgency to renew our efforts in these programs. We're trying to provide some support to Kepi's initiatives in shining light on the principal factor that underpins all of the problems facing us today and yesterday, too which Kepi has identified as spiritual. We're in a spiritual battle on our planet. Simple as that. Didn't Jesus warn us about that some 2,000 years ago? Kepi is picking up that mantle and uh, developing a science to treat it. And this is what we try to explain and explore in our programs. And I realize I haven't reached out so much in our latest programs to let you know how to get in touch with us. Let me do that now. The program is Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. We stream on the Stop Radio Network, and we're now a radio station affiliated with a college, the Kepi Pacheco Trilogical College, based in Sao Paulo, Brazil. If you have any thoughts or questions about any aspects of our work here, please do feel free to drop me a line at jones at stop.org.br. be really great to hear from you. So let's dig into our highly relevant subject today, dark spirituality and victimization with Claudia Bernhard Pacheco when thinking with somebody else's head returns in just a moment on the Stop Radio Network. You're listening to the most relevant conversations on the planet about how to stop destroying ourselves and the world. This is the Stop Radio Network. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones, and welcome to the Stop Radio Network. We broadcast from the International Society of Analytical Trilogy in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And our programs, Thinking with Somebody Else's Head and Healing Through Consciousness, offer the most relevant conversations around about the state of our world and what we can do to make it better. Thanks for tuning in. 
a key inversion in science. Always we are trying to extract energy from a material element. And its negative consequences. We provoke serious imbalances in nature. Corrected now with the Kepi Motors disinversion of physics. And we developed a way to have mechanical power with very little electricity. This will make a big change, not only in energetic efficiency, but also it will bring better energy in homes because it's magnetic energy. The Kepi Motor, new technology for a new world. Home to thinking with somebody else's head, healing through consciousness, analyzing the 1%, and the conscious company. This is the Stop Radio Network. The program is Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. We're on the Stop Radio Network, streaming all over the place. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones with Claudia Bernhardt-Pacheco, both of us a little subdued today. Following, uh, as you're listening to this program, it'll be about a week later, the fire at uh, Notre Dame in Paris. And I was just, I was reflecting on this because I, I come from a culture in Canada, I don't know about a full culture, I can't say that, but certainly where I grew up and the the circle of friends I grew up with, Claudia, we didn't give much value to religion. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. No. And You used to. I think we used to, yeah. There was there even made a big, big movement to take the, the words, the sort of spiritual words out of the national anthem and these kinds of movements in Canada. And it struck me that when I saw this that um, it strikes very, very deep to see a church like that burning. We may think that we have no spiritual values, but in fact, it's something that every human being has. And when we see a church burning... It you seems see, like something. It seems like an attack somehow. Something deep inside. It is inside. not only to the spiritual values, but historical, cultural, artistic. Who we are as a as My a nation. God. Yeah. My God. So when they were planning to take away in this chart of this European community, they took away this notion that Europe was built on Christianity. All the culture. So they wanted to sweep, yeah, sweep away, sweep away all notions of Christianity, and I remember a, a, an atheist historian. They said, "This sounds so funny." An atheist historian sounds so crazy. Yeah. A real but, historian, but, you know. But he was saying, "This is a monstrous attitude, because who can, in uh, that is in his mind." His right mind. Saying that we will take away from history the influence of Christianity in law, in culture, arts, development, everything, civilization. European civilization was built upon Christianity for centuries and centuries yeah. and millennia, yeah. two millennia. Exactly right. In fact, a student was saying to me this morning, we were talking about this, and she said, oh, but it's so interesting how the developed countries, uh, there are a lot of atheists there. And I said, yeah, but you know what? Those cultures were totally built on Christian values, absolutely being good to your neighbor. It's inside the constitutions. It's inside all of the declarations. When you sign your, your you swear your allegiance to 
to a country, you swear your allegiance to God, to values, to something. The whole system is based on that. How it can just dismiss it is totally even crazy. arts, even arts, even even uh, visual arts, music, uh, dance, theater, yeah. movies, everything, yeah. everything. And isn't it interesting in times of crisis? No matter how atheistic we are, we call for God. Do you remember the movie you were watching hmm. about Carla Homolka I remember. and Paul Bernardo? Yes. And they were they were suddenly they were they were realizing the horror of their actions, and they were saying, "Oh God, oh, oh God, God, oh God, oh Jesus, God, Jesus!" They <laughs> all the time, all the time. So denying this seems to be a stupidity, not only a lack of faith, like a crazy, like um. Uh, insane. Michu, Michu. How do you see this oh, in like English? Oh, like absolute garbage. Something so... Michu. Picayune. Portuguese. Michu is so yeah. good to speak. <laughs> so so picayune, so small, so, so in, small. insignificant. Insignificant. Yeah. So, as, so when, when I remember what Notre Dame was to France and to the world, and is. And is. I lived in France for seven years, you know. I lived and worked, and I used to go to Notre Dame during this Holy Week. On Friday, the Holy Friday, we had all those queues of people Mm. waiting to... Thousands of people. Yeah. Waiting to get To watch, to see this crown. Yeah. Of thorns. Of thorns. The robe, pieces yeah. of the, uh, the cross, cross that they have the there. The wood of the cross. The nails. And you know something? When we got near these objects, we could absolutely feel such a tremendous magnetism in those uh, objects. I felt that many times. Um, so we see all this believing in goodness, in truth, in beauty being dissolved, being dismantled. And yesterday, at the same time, this horror scene. Horrible. It was a horror scene. Yeah. Yeah. It was taking place on all TVs. We knew that a mosque, Islamic church, was burning at the same time in Jerusalem. So we think, is this a false flag? Is this another attempt of this so-called elite of the New World Order trying to create and to feed um, anger and religious war because they want the population to diminish. They don't want this population to grow so uncontrolled. And uh, not only this... But they live on drugs, on arms, on wars. So they destroy and they they loan money to people so they pay, like, interest. Yeah, they destroy countries and they loan money to the countries to rebuild the countries so they get... Exactly. It's unbelievable. This is their game. This is their game. And people fall into this game. This is so sad because brothers and sisters and countries and peoples, they fight... Exactly as a result of the intention of the powerful, the evil powerful that rule all nations, that rule the world, especially now the new world order, 
which Malachi Martin used to say, is the satanic new world order. Yeah. And we feel this. Yeah. We can feel it. It's an anti-Christ, anti-God civilization. That's right. And, what are and the f- anti-human. This is, this is even yeah. so clear. Yeah. It's anti-human. And one of the things that I felt as I was watching these scenes of the fire, I felt like this hopelessness come over me. And maybe this is another... Too much, isn't it? Too much, isn't too it? Too big for they, us to, to fight. Yeah. They attack yeah. this, too. They even take away hope. If yeah. this is, you know, if, if it's not happening... Um, as a direct consequence of of terrorism or these kinds of acts, somehow it's a spiritual attack. There's some kind of ah, this absolutely. You can almost feel Lucifer laughing, you know, yes. while, while the 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 church is burning, you know, this absolutely m- maniacal laughter that you hear in the movies. Sometimes. Because most of these people, they are not like they don't. It's not that they are not. Absolutely spiritual, they are, but they are in in a different way. They are in a, an evil spirituality. You cannot be non-spiritual. You cannot be just an animal. Live as an totally as an animal. You must have some sort of uh, spirituality. The thing is that your spirituality, if it's not a true spirituality, linked to goodness, beauty, and truth, linked to Jesus Christ to the Holy Trinity, to their values. If we are not linked to this, we will be linked to anger, to projection, to death, the culture of death and and suffering and pain and suicide and violence and, and murder and pr- like... The dominance perversion, of the... Perversion, perversion. Yes, the dominance of the will as uh, yeah. the, the... Sensorial and... and, and like animalistic wishes and behavior, wanting to bring down the, the mankind to the level of just animals. And this is a very dark spirituality. Yeah. Because you cannot be without your soul. You have it. You cannot take away. So if you're not bringing light to it, it will be dark. And you will suffer the darkness. And people around you will suffer your darkness. Hmm. It's an unavoidable. Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> if they could uh, eliminate their soul, their consciousness, they, they would. But they cannot. So it's an inner struggle all the time to hide it, to hide it, and hide it, and hide it. This morning I was talking to a client. She lives in in United States. She lost her husband, and he was a great guy. He was a great man, as many men, as many men in the world. They are great guys. He's a fireman, right? Yes, yeah. and a pianist. <laughs> he was a, a piano-playing fireman. Yeah. That's about as high as values you can get. Yeah. So he was not able to play that much anymore and to compose as he wished because he had an accident in one of the fire the fights that he was yeah. leading. Okay, and but she was talking about... God and and being linked to God because she misses her her husband very much, yeah. and, but you know what she's she, what she misses in reality is that this notion. When I, I asked her, "What do you free associate your what's your husband with?" Mm-hmm. and she said, "Love or endless love, stability." And the third thing that I forget now. So, 
what she depends on now is on her own feelings of love and her own stability that comes from her feelings of love. Yeah. Every time she cuts off with these inner feelings, like feelings of love, they exist by themselves, you know, inside of us. She doesn't need her husband to love. She can feel feelings of love by herself. And when she cuts this from her life, she loses her stability totally. And she cannot go to church just to ask God to bring her to a better situation. She will have to relink to feelings of love inside of herself. So a church doesn't mean anything in this situation if the person doesn't have an inner life, an inner attitude, spiritual attitude. Yeah, that's something deep because we we think that it's coming from the church or even the Bible or these sayings, and it's a it's a deeper yes, it internal is. You experience. You know, the Bible it it reminds us, like yeah. reminding things to us and our reminders. But we have this inside of us anyhow, and if you start thinking that you miss a person, you miss parents, you miss money, you miss a better, like, recognition, you start feeling a victim. You are a victim from God. Hmm. Why does God allow this to happen? Mm, That's a common idea. And I have another client that is treating drug addicts. And uh, it's like volunteering in this work. And she comes and sometimes she bursts into like a revolt against God. Why does God allow this to happen? Mm. People being born in such horrible situations and this and that. Where is God? And I told her that every person, every person knows deep inside when they are doing wrong. Every drug addict know, knows that drugs are not good. He's doing something evil. He's doing something evil against himself. And not only that, but they are feeding the demonic system of drug um, trafficking yeah. And the culture of drug. So they are supporting with their own money. And all the money that's made from that. And even the legal drugs, alcohol, there's a lot of money made from that. So the first time when they took drugs, when they started, they knew they were doing something like against goodness. Yes. Against consciousness. And they started. Now they can even be without this notion any longer and being like feeling victims more and more. Something um, that I see, and being victims of God, and this is, this is very bad because they are angry at God. They cut off the link with God inside of themselves, so they lose all their possible uh, protection, strength, energy. And chance of recovery, really. Chance of recovery. So I told her... You see them like this, and you must know that each one of them got addict because of their free choice. And God 
never, ever will interfere in a free choice. Yeah, that's a fundamental aspect of God, isn't yes, it? Yes, it never interferes. Never. Ne- he's never, like... Uh, in, um, imposing? Imposing. Well, yeah. God never disrupts your inner life and yourself and your privacy. Yeah. He never interferes in taking away your freedom and your privacy. God respects privacy. This yeah. is so beautiful. Yeah. Angels respect privacy. They are so elegant. Yeah. They will never disrupt your privacy. But demons do. And evo and put pressure, and they they stick like on you. They they glue <laughs> yeah, on you. So it's it's something that like it those must leeches, be. like those yeah. leeches, yeah. parasites, inconvenient, yeah, inconvenient. Yeah. So how come then she blames God? God is always there. He's always receptive. He's always accepting children that want to go back to him and embrace him. Isn't there a saying that if you take one step towards God, he takes ten steps? Yeah, in at your least direction? ten, <laughs> because he's there already. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's at, he's there it's all kind the time. Kind of a childish story, but it, it but makes it is. A point, yeah. We we like we see him coming. It's always here. He's always here. Yeah. But we see him sometimes, and. So blaming God is such a short way to go. It's 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 a dead end kind of thinking. And when a client comes and plays the role of a victim, victim of her husband, victim of her parents, victim of society, I think oh this this is this is someone which is sicker than normal. Than normal because victims Everybody feel themselves as victims somehow. But if it's a too strong victimization, it's a sign even sometime of a bigger possession. You see possessed people always, and criminals, always, always saying and claiming they are victims. So people who, who see only the trouble and the causes of their suffering in others, onto others... If they project, they seek the goodness and the the good intentions in themselves and all the evil coming from others. They project onto others all their evil. So this is these are very difficult clients to it, deal it, with. Isn't that totally true? In the movies, you see this constantly. All the time. It's fed. This the, idea the, is fed all like the, the time. The, they're, they're using the... The poor relationship the guy had with his father to justify why he's a serial killer. It's all the time. All the time. Constantly. I I watched a movie uh, like Chloe. 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 And that wife showed uh, a very, very, very common pathology. This is the one with Liam Neeson and, uh, yes, where he... Among women. She thinks that he's... Having an affair with... Uh... She started to project everything onto him. And he was, like, not paying attention to her. And she was the uh, all good intention. They don't mention how envious she was at him because he was a successful man, a very successful teacher. He was loved by all his students. And she was absolutely envious at him. And she started with all, all these projections. She was the one who was... Like burning to have an affair, and she had. Yeah. 
And what she said in the movie was that she had that affair because of him. He was the guilty one. <laughs> because he stopped uh, like showing it uh, desires for her. And not that she was the one who didn't want anything else to do with her husband anymore. And she said, because I'm older. It's not because she was older, but because this is the way women do normally. Younger or older, they do this. They, so they project onto their husbands all their fantasies, sexual fantasies, sexual desires, sexual, like, unloyal intentions. And she was very unloyal in the movie. She was extremely deceptive and unloyal to her husband. She lied. She betrayed him in many ways. And then in the end, he was opened and merciful like and, and yeah. loving and receptive, forgiving. forgiving. And, uh, and you see, in the end, she didn't let go that fantasy because she had this thing using in her yeah. hair in yeah. the end of the, the film. Yeah, using the piece see, from the other woman, right? Yes, and you see... Uh, it almost like destroyed the, her family, didn't it? Yes, it if it family. was not be, because of him, it, was, it would be like total disaster. And this happens much more frequently than you think. Women blaming their husbands, and they are the ones yeah. who are really uh, full of fantasies. Canadian film, by the way. This is, was a Canadian. Yeah. Adam, Adam Egoyan is a great... Uh, his, ah. his family grew up in Victoria, my home city. Now he lives in ah. Toronto. Yeah, so they with, do very psychological movies. Yeah. But we see that uh, Deep. it's, it's a, a form of feeding this fantasy of... Lesbianism and uh, like yeah. normal, it's like something that is spicy. And somehow she has the idea in this film that he has all the advantages because he's able to do that. So she wants to have the same advantages and for it's her. It's the, the same yeah. story the same for story all, all the women. So at least if women realize this, if they take responsibility for for their own pathology, it would be such a great thing to be done. Hmm. I was reading something in Canada. Women attack are more violent to men than the opposite. But men are very much ashamed to say to, that to do to register in like in yeah go uh, to the police. Uh, yeah. But in yeah, Canada, Canada, that would be terrible to say. Women my wife surpass. Was beating me. <laughs> women surpass, and so far, still women are seen as victims. Yeah. And this is the worst thing, worst for women, worst for women, because. Women see themselves as victims. Yeah. And this is... It's a disaster. It's it? a disaster. Because then we don't recognize what is wrong, not recognizing the true root of the problem, which is inside of us. We cannot heal it. We cannot correct. So unhappiness and illness grows and grows endlessly. And we create a hell to us and to others, to family. A client a moment ago, I was attending a lady, and she was saying the hell that her mother did to the family, speaking badly against her father all the time, and he was supporting the family, and he was so good to to the children, to her, to herself, and to her brother, and the mother always speaking bad about him, even, and she said... Even after the death of my father, 
years after the death, she was constantly attacking my father up to a day that I said, Come on, Mom, he's dead. Leave him alone. Leave him in peace, for God's sake. <laughs> and then I, I guess the mother was like... Realized. Realized that she, the, the daughter was not in, into the same wave as she was, and yeah. she stopped. But what happens now, this lady starts blaming her husband yeah. in the same way her mother did to her father. Yeah, you can see that. People I, say I'm against women. <laughs> I know they do, but... <laughs> but uh, I'm pro-women. Yeah. I'm pro-women. The, the, the real woman. The real woman. Yeah. I'm pro because if we don't see this, we cannot... Really grow. Yeah. We can't we cannot really... lift no. ourselves. Yeah. And it's important for men to understand that, too. Because yes. Because they become see. so weak. Yeah. They don't know how to respond to this kind of aggression. It's totally true. They don't know. Yeah. How can they deal with this? It's impossible. Even women can stand women. <laughs> and men and don't, don't have this kind of psychological, like mental, like... Mm. Scheming sort scheming, of Scheming, like... Uh, mental and psychological torture, as women do. Men don't have this, this kind of evil thinking, as women do. So they are so much clever in this psychological warfare against men, against society. And, And so I think, well, normally people are so materialistic, they see the power in muscles and money guns guns but they don't see how disastrous can be a psychological warfare and women are smart in psychological warfare they are experts yeah victimization really tricky area so attractive in an I'm not responsible for my pathetic situation sort of way but at the same time leading us to fragility and immaturity There's precious little comfort, actually, in believing that others have caused our predicament rather than ourselves, because the end result of victimization is always an inconsequential and unfulfilled life, which, of course, generates deep feelings of futility we also want to blame on life and society and God. Quite a predicament. Seems like a situation we need to get a handle on. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones. Talk to you next time on Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. You're listening to the most relevant conversations on the planet about how to stop destroying ourselves and the world. This is the Stop Radio Network. I remember the book Glorification that Dr. Kepi wrote. I was with him many of the nights or days where he got those inspirations from God. And it was a necessity for him to write what he received. So the book was totally written under inspiration. But it's not only a theological book. It's mostly a scientific book, very therapeutic book, very beautiful, by the way. And he used to wake up during the night, two, three in the morning, and he said, let's go to the top of the mountain. And we were watching the sky in this dark night with no interference so you could transcend the sky and see heaven through it my god you could adapt the writings that he did with the music of Beethoven and this would be a trilogy of his writings and the music it would be heaven Norberto Kepi's glorification available in the bookstore at stop.org.br 
From the International Society of Analytical Trilogy in Sao Paulo, Brazil, this is the Stop Radio Network.